time of the year. It's good to be in church every Sunday, uh, but particularly this time of the year where we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. How awesome is that, hey? Welcome to our uh, first-time visitors here as well. I've just spent seven nights in Bali without the kids, and uh, it was amazing. And uh, so we hit the ground running, but it's so good. So I wasn't here last Sunday, but I just love coming into God's house. There's just such a joyfulness about it, such an expectation, uh, which is awesome because our series is called Joyful Expectation. And uh, Pastor Adele and Pastor Jacob kicked it off the last two weeks. And so if you missed either of those messages, I really encourage you uh, to jump online to our website and have a listen. But we all have expectations, don't we? Yeah, we all have. Would we agree? We all have expectations. Myself and Jacob uh, had expectations of each other heading into our marriage as newlyweds. Uh, We were given all the advice that you get given, right? Uh, there's gonna, you're going to need to um, have compromises. Uh, Jacob, you best be saying, yes, dear. Someone said that to him. He's not listening though, right? Uh, you know, forgiveness is key. You know, forgiveness is so important. Um, you can't change your spouse. We got told that you can't change your spouse. But we still headed into our marriage as newlyweds full of expectation. I expected Jacob to be somewhat house trained. (laughs) You know, at least, at the very least, understanding the importance of having to do dishes. He's like, why? Why? When we run out of dishes, we can do the dishes. Uh, No, I don't think so. But I just expected him just to have just that understanding. I expected him to just understand the importance of cleaning up after yourself, you know, like literally putting uh, the washing in the basket, not just near it, right? And Jacob had expectations of me. I mean, he expected a wife that knew how to cook, at least the basics anyway, right? He expected a wife that knew how to communicate her feelings in a healthy way, you know, not a crazy wife, right? He expected a wife that was super affectionate or at least affectionate. And, uh, and so we came into our marriage full of expectation. But as, and we thought these expectations were quite reasonable as well. We both thought that. And, uh, but as the first year um, unfolded, we began to realise fairly quickly that what we had were unmet expectations. And so you can imagine our household in the first few uh, years of our marriage, particularly the first years, we continue, and as we continue to work through these expectations, you know, neither of us promised uh, the other that we would be those things. You know, I didn't promise Jake, I, d- I, didn't, I didn't promise him I knew how to be a very good cook, you know. Uh, we didn't promise these things to each other, we just assumed it of each other. There was an assumption there, and because of that assumption, we felt deceived, we felt let down, we felt hurt. And we obviously felt like our expectations were not getting met. And, you know, I'm sure we're not the only ones. You know, I'm sure if you've lived long enough, we've all, we've all been let down or hurt, felt deceived, uh, discouraged, confused even by expectations we've had that have not been met in our lives. Would you agree? Perhaps. Am I the only one up here? Yes. Because we all have expectations, right? We have expectations on our spouses, our co-workers, uh, our bosses, our employees, uh, our kids, our neighbours, our friends, etc. And some are healthy expectations. You know, we just expect people to, to just be decent, uh, to treat us a certain way. 
um, and um, and but some are unhealthy. You know where we, you know, where you get into codependency and and perhaps you're trying to get your needs met by one individual, but not one individual can meet all your needs. That's why we have Jesus Christ, right? Amen. And uh, some are some are uh, communicated, and some are not communicated. So sometimes we communicate our expectations, and and sometimes we don't. We just expect. Some are reasonable. Some are not so reasonable. Some are really high expectations. And some are really low expectations. And I'm also talking about the expectations that we put on ourselves as well. Sometimes we have really high expectations of ourselves and sometimes uh, we don't expect very much of ourselves. And so the question is, is how do we navigate our expectations when they don't go as planned? How do we navigate this when they don't go as planned? How do we navigate the disappointment, the hurt, the, the resentment that builds up, the uh, the grief, the sadness. You know, the birth of Jesus Christ did not go as people had planned or had expected. But the good news is it went exactly how God had planned. I want to take us to the Bible, but before I do, I want to let you know a few things about the Bible. The Bible, because the Bible talks about historical events, uh, its truthfulness and accuracy is subject to verif- verification like any other historical document. So it has to be subject to that, its truthfulness and its accuracy. And so, in fact, all the evidence supporting the Bible makes it the best documented book from the ancient world. How awesome is that if you think about it? The best documented book from the ancient world because there's so much evidence supporting the Bible. There are over 300 prophecies concerning Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, over 300 prophecies, including where he was born, what family line he would come through, uh, that he would die, how he would, not just that he would die, but how he would die and that he would rise again. And so there's no logical explanation of these fulfilled prophecies because they've all been fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled. There's no logical explanation except by the supernatural power of God by divine origin. And so with this in mind, I want to take us to Joseph, the father of Jesus. So he had an expectation of his fiancée that she would keep herself for him and that they would consummate their marriage once wed. And in those days and in that culture, that's a fairly reasonable and healthy expectation and it still is today uh, in many circles. However, we read in the Bible that that's not what happened. And so in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says this, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph obviously felt extremely deceived and betrayed, and for good reason, right? For very good reason, he felt deceived and betrayed. Mary's come to him and said, I am pregnant, and he knows without a shadow of a doubt that it's not his. Can you imagine his feelings and what he's experiencing, the disappointment, the disillusionment, the confusion, the hurt that he's experiencing as his world collapses around him? You know, I'm sure he just imagined a life where he got married, worked hard, and had a whole bunch of kids like they did in those days, and just got on with it. I'm sure that was his expectation. That's what he was expecting how his life was going to go. Except that was all blown apart fairly quickly, right? 
In a moment, it was blown apart when Mary came to him and said, I'm pregnant. Not what he was expecting at all. And so he makes plans to divorce Mary, the love of his life. How heartbreaking. The love of his life. He has to make plans to divorce her because it was out of his hands, out of his control, until God shows up in an unexpected way. We read on verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Amen. And we got a hallelujah. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet hundreds of years earlier. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. What a beautiful name, hey? Jesus. Anyone been touched by Jesus Christ? The name Jesus. It's such a powerful name. Such a powerful name. I bet Joseph didn't see that coming. You think he saw that coming? When he, I'm going this way? It just... God shows up all of a sudden. Things were looking pretty dismal for him. He was about to divorce his wife quietly. He's dealing with hurt, resentment, disappointment, disillusionment, sadness. And God shows up all of a sudden through an angel. And his life now has taken on a whole different trajectory. Completely different. Not what he'd planned not what he'd ever dreamed of, not what he'd ever expected. He's now going to become the father of God, the father of God, the earthly father of Jesus Christ. I mean, can you get your mind around that? It's mind-blowing, crazy stuff. Remember, the Bible is the best documented book in the world, right? I know it can be challenging sometimes our thinking. The best documented ancient book to be written and so now Joseph's life is on a completely different path. You know, the Bible says that before we were born, even before we were born, all our days are ordained by God. All your days have been ordained by God before you were born, before you're a twinkle in your dad's eyes, before then, before you were created in your mother's womb, all your days were set by God. And God's purpose has prevailed in Joseph's life. Yes, it's taken an unexpected turn. Yes, it has. But that doesn't mean it's not of God. The Old Testament of the Bible, uh, all, all, all of it points to the coming of Jesus Christ. If you read through all of the Old Testament, if you can get through it, that's why one-year Bibles are really good because it's like today is this day and I'm reading this on this day. But all of the, everything points to the coming of Jesus Christ, which we're about to celebrate next week, right, on Christmas Eve. Um, and all those that the Old Testament writes about, you know, Abraham, Noah, Jacob, Joseph, etc., they all lived for something beyond themselves. For something beyond themselves they lived for. They didn't live for themselves, they lived for something beyond themselves. And they had a joyful expectation to the future. They were looking to the future. They were looking to the Messiah that was coming. They were looking to the Saviour of the world. 
They were looking forward with a joyful expectation. And that future was Jesus Christ. That's what they're looking to. And we're now living in that future 2,000 years after the birth of Jesus. We're living in it now, 2,000 years later, right? But nobody was expecting Jesus to come as a baby. (laughs) It's like, I mean, how could he help us? This vulnerable little baby born in a manger. How could he be the saviour of the world? To, 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 from the place that he came from, from the parents he came from, how could it be him? Surely not. He came in such an unexpected way. You know, even though the Jews waited for years for their Messiah, they waited years for their Saviour, they knew the prophecies, they knew he was coming, they, 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 they knew all the scripture and they were waiting They were waiting, yet they did not recognise Jesus when he came. They didn't recognise him. They didn't see him. They were waiting for him, but they didn't expect him to come the way he came. But they knew it all. They knew it, but they weren't expecting him to come the way he came, and therefore they missed him. The Messiah, the Saviour of the world, they missed him. John 1.11 says he came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognised him, but they did not receive him. That's in John 1.1. And you know, sometimes so many of us in the world today can go about life, and I include this myself in this as well, where we don't recognise and see Jesus in our lives. And sometimes we can miss him when he's doing something. And we think it's not of God because it's unexpected. We weren't expecting it. It can't be, I've got my plan and it's this way. What are you doing over there, God? Catch up. Come on. (laughs) And we miss him. And we don't see him. But he's working a plan. And he's pulling it all together. And he's moving. And he's doing little miracles behind the scenes, weaving it all together. He's the God of miracles. The God of of miracles and at times we can be so consumed I know I can be with my own expectations and and my own way of doing things Proverbs 16 9 says in their hearts humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their steps if you're a planner it's got to be a loose plan has to be you've got to be flexible if you want to walk in the will of God, something that I've learned quite painfully over the years. Those people that are spontaneous, you've got an advantage there, I reckon. Just don't get too spontaneous because you've got to still listen to his voice, right? So we're all, doesn't matter what side you're on, we've all, there's all stuff we can learn, right? But where are our eyes? Our eyes are firmly fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, not looking to the left or to the right but on Jesus Christ. Amen. And so God showed up unexpectedly in Joseph's life, establishing his steps, bringing forth God's plan, the saviour of the world. And it was time for Jesus to be born at that time, God's way. Whether people expected it or not, that was the moment. That was the time. Isaiah 60, says, the least of you will become a thousand 
the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord in its time. I will do this swiftly. Ever been waiting for God to move? Is anyone waiting for God to move in your life? It's like, you know, any day now, God. Any day. You know, the Lord, the Bible says that he's not slow in coming. Be patient. You know, we want things done yesterday. But we have to be ready because then in, at the right time, he moves swiftly, suddenly. You know, there's so many examples in the Bible where God shows up in people's lives suddenly and swiftly. He showed up suddenly on the day of Pentecost and he filled the new believers with the power of the Holy Spirit. It says in there, it says suddenly, suddenly. He showed up suddenly when the disciples were in prison for preaching the gospel. Suddenly the foundations were shaken and the prison doors flew open and the chains fell off them and they walked free. You've been praying for someone to be set free? Suddenly, swiftly, in God's time, it will happen. Suddenly, he shows up. You know, uh, Saul, he's Paul the Apostle. He used to be Saul and he's killing Christians. And suddenly, a light flashes from heaven and he transforms him completely. He has a full-on encounter with God, this man that was killing Christians. And then he becomes Paul the Apostle who ends up making a significant impact on the early church and writes over half of the New Testament, suddenly he touched Paul's life and transformed him. Suddenly he was set free and changed from the inside out. Swiftly, suddenly, in God's time, it will happen. And it was time for Jesus to be born. Poor Joseph, you've got to feel for him though, right? God is not bound by circumstance he's not bound by natural processes he's not bound by situations he's not bound by any obstacles he is the god of miracles he plays to the beat of his own drum sometimes it's annoying am i allowed to say that up here (laughs) he plays to the beat of his own drum but he knows the way because he created it right before even, before his spirit was there, you know, when the, when the earth was formless and dark and nothing was happening, this, the spirit of God was hovering before any of us came to be. He knows the beginning from the end, the alpha and the mega. He's a God of miracles. And when he has a plan, his purpose will prevail. His purpose will prevail. So there's no point fighting him. We've got to surrender, right? We have to surrender because he gets his way in the end and we can do it uh, less painfully, I think, sometimes. Sometimes, we, you know, you may be the type of person that likes, you know, you, it's the hard way, but we can do it less painfully. Psalm 33.10 says, The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thoughts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. What an awesome piece of scripture. And God's purpose is to bring his kids, which is you and me, back into relationship with him. Our heavenly father, where we belong, in his arms forever. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. That was the way, that was the plan. Except he came unexpectedly 
as a baby. John 3.16, we've heard it this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so what does that mean for you personally? It means that you can live your life with a joyful expectation knowing that God will move in his time. In his time, he will move. And we can have that joyful expectation as we look to him. You can expect him to move powerfully and suddenly in your life. You can have that expectation. He's a good God. He wants to do good for you. And you can live, even though you've got your situation and your circumstances, God's not bound by your situation. God's not bound by your circumstance. You might feel bound. You might feel like there's no way out. When I was addicted to drugs many, 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 many years ago, I thought there was no way out. All I could see was a big black hole and there was no way I was getting out of it. So much so that it was hopeless, let me say that. But God found a way. God found a way. And so God's not bound by your circumstance, your situation, any obstacle that you're facing. And because of that, you can look to him with a joyful expectation. And you might not see things moving or shifting now, but he can just move suddenly. He can move swiftly in his time. Remembering his time is not our time as much as we'd like that to be. Anyone would like that to be? And sometimes it's not what you ever thought. It's not what you ever dreamed of. It's not what you ever expected. But God's purpose will prevail in your life. Your days have been set by him before you're even born. There are times in your life where you have to deal with unmet expectations. We all do. You know, and there is hurt. I'm not taking away from that. There, and there needs to be a time of healing. There is pain. There is disappointment. There is, I don't understand what's happening. I can't make sense of it all. But I can tell you again that God can suddenly show up and completely turn the situation around in Jesus' name. God is a God that spans the universe, get this, with the palm of his hand. God is a God who spans the universe with the palm of his hand. He can break through into your life suddenly. Suddenly. It's important, though, that we're open to the unexpected. Sometimes we hold so tightly to our expectations and to the way we think things should go. But there's times where we need to lay that down, lay down expectations, lay them down and be open for God to move unexpectedly in your life. Be open for God to do something new in your life. Be open to that. We can't box God in. Have you ever tried? We can't box God in. He can't be boxed in. You know, Christmas Day, 16 years ago, I think about that anyway, I got a call from a friend. And they said to me, um, can I come over for a chat? And I thought it was a little unexpected and a little strange and a little weird. But um, I was getting ready to go to my uncle's for a Christmas dinner. And uh, I said, okay, sure, why not? Um, I said, but I don't have long, but you, you know, come over. And so just to give you a bit of a backstory, I'd been single for about six years by this point 
I was 31 years of age and I was desperate to um, be married, I guess. Well, yeah, be married, I can say that. <laughs> no shame in admitting that. And, uh, and start a family of my own. I, I really just was praying about that. And, um, and then I get this phone call from a friend. And so Jacob comes around that day declaring his undying love for me and the rest is history. <laughs> Out of the blue, unexpected, suddenly God moved in that area. There was no way I was expecting a phone call that day. No way. And yes, our expectations of one another have been shattered over the years. But you know what? I've discovered things that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to get my coffee made every morning. I wasn't expecting to be told how beautiful I am every day. At first, I'd just push his face away and say, don't say that. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting him to be so romantic and all the other things. that he, I wasn't expecting those things. Not at all. I was just kind of just a little somewhat house trained and do dishes, you know. That'll do. I wasn't expecting, but embracing those things and stepping into the life that God has got for me. Unexpecting, unexpected blessings. You know, myself and Jacob, and we still, you know, we're not there. Uh, but we had a lot of reframing to do. And I'm sure Joseph, the father of Jesus, had to reframe his expectations, right? You know, imagine just tracking one day and then God shows up through an angel and you're going to be the father of God. What? Say what? There would have been so much that he had to lay down and reframe his thinking, reframe his mindset, reframe his expectations and we've had to do the same so that we can line up. And at the end of the day, it comes down to trusting God. If you go back to that scripture, it says that Joseph did what God had commanded. Joseph did what God had commanded. He was just obedient to God because he trusted him. And sometimes, if not all the time, that's what it comes down to. Trusting in our God. Amen. Otherwise, I think Joseph perhaps could have had a miserable life. You know, if you think what would have happened if he said no and divorced Mary, I mean, Jesus would have still come. God would have had his way. That's the thing. His purpose always prevails. What expectations, this is the question for you. You don't have to tell me. What expectations do you need to lay down? And what unexpected blessings do you need to receive today? I want you to think about that. Is Jesus one of them? Is Jesus one of them? Think about that while we have a look at the screen. God, you threw the whole world a curveball when you showed us a kind of hope we'd never thought to look for. Born of poverty, between the walls of a rickety barn and into the fragile arms of a nervous young mom, Jesus arrived unable to defend himself much less anyone else. We'd been hoping for security, and you gave us a baby. And then, the expectations kept being shattered. Jesus healed those who could do nothing for him. He handed out hope to people the world turned away. Jesus showed us a new way of life, 
a life that works from the inside out. Hope lives with us, then inside us, and moves from our hearts into the world. Jesus gave us hope beyond this life. Hope no one else has to give. Hope that shows up in a manger as a gift we don't deserve, but we gratefully receive. We call him Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? A gift we don't deserve, but one we gratefully receive. You know, as I mentioned earlier, <coughs> many years ago, <coughs> I had a drug uh, problem. And uh, to the point whether it was, um, you know, it got quite serious, let's say that. And, uh, and so I, um, my mum found out about a Christian drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre. And, um, and she said, look, you, you need to go down to this place. And otherwise things weren't looking very good for me. And, um, and so I thought, I went to a Catholic school, so I thought it can't be that bad. I think I can handle a Christian drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre. I've done uh, a Catholic private school. And, um, and I thought I'd just go down there. I'll detox. I'll deal with some of my issues. And um, I'll get better and I'll come home. Little did I know that instead what happened was I met Jesus. This person that I'd been searching for all of my life. My whole life I was searching, obviously as you can imagine in all the wrong places, but he was the answer. And I didn't expect to meet my answer in this place. I just expected to get better and be on my way. But I met Jesus and my life took on a whole new trajectory. It changed my life completely. Changed from the inside out. God moved powerfully in my life. And he's been so good to me because he's a good God. And that's what he wants to do, right? Be good to people. He wants to. He's, try, he's trying to get good stuff to you. Sometimes we fight. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do measurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And I want to ask you this morning, could Jesus be that unexpected gift that you've been waiting for? Or perhaps you know Jesus... However, you need to see him a bit more in what he's doing in your life. Laying down your plans and your expectations and coming into alignment with him. It could change everything. I had a decision to make in that moment when somebody presented me with the gospel. Will I enter into this personal relationship with Jesus Christ or will I not? Yes or no? I'm so glad I said yes. He was the answer. The saviour of the world, the Messiah, love, joy, peace and hope. If you close your eyes this morning and bow your heads, I just want to 
share with you for a few moments, just pray for a few moments. You know, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And I don't want to close or finish speaking and I'm going to finish speaking in just a few minutes. I don't want to close the service right now without giving anybody here or online an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The reason why we celebrate Christmas. I don't want to close the service without doing that. And it's a simple prayer. And I'm going to pray this prayer now. And if you want to be part of that prayer, include yourself in that prayer, then just pray it from your heart as if you mean it. So church and anyone that wants to be included in this prayer, if you follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive me, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you for the rest of my life. Amen. Just with your heads bowed, I'm going to pray for everyone in a minute. But if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or if you made a recommitment today, I ask that you just slip your hand up in the air just so I can see it. I see that hand there. Just a few more moments. If there's anybody else in the building, if you're making a recommitment or you've never prayed that prayer before, if you just slip your hand up in the air just so I can see it, I see that hand there. Just a few more moments. If there's anyone else in the room this morning and online, I just want to say to these two people, that's the best decision you've ever made. Congratulations. I'd love to pray with you shortly and chat with you. But for the rest of us right now, I just want to pray for us. God, I thank you for every single person here. God, I thank you that you sent your son as a baby to set us free, to wash us clean so that we can live a life of victory, that we can walk out your will for our lives. And I pray for those that may be having that struggle where they've been hurt, where they've been let down, where expectations that they've had have been shattered. I pray, Lord, that you'd come into those places and heal them, touch them, set them free. And I pray, Lord, that mindsets would be shifted, that their mind can align with your mind for your will for their life, Lord God. And so I pray today, from this day forward, that there's freedom that there's a laying down and a surrender, Lord God. And we thank you for every single person and every family represented here. And we pray that your will be done in each person's life. We love you. We give you all glory. We give you all thanks. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Fantastic. Well, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to finish on one more song and then we're going to go outside and eat. Who likes to eat? Yeah? And jump on the bouncy castle and whatever else is happening out there.